Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Jammin' with Jason. Hey, I am so excited to be here with you today and uh, really grateful for all of you that are listening in. Uh, you know, sometimes as I'm sitting here talking to myself, recording this, uh, I try to visualize you out there actually, uh, you know, listening to this and uh, am so grateful that I'm just not here talking to myself, uh, but actually getting the message out there and uh, helping you to improve your career uh, as internal auditors or people that work in risk management and compliance. Now, today, before we get started uh, with kind of the topic that I wanted to discuss, uh, I have a couple of uh, kind of housekeeping items for you. Now, for those of you that are internal auditors, uh, you know that the IIA International Conference is coming up this next month uh, from the 7th through the 10th of July uh, in Anaheim. So first off, if you weren't aware of that, uh, that's when international conference is for the internal auditors. So a couple thousand auditors are going to show up uh, here in Anaheim. And uh, so I want to be the first to actually welcome you because uh, I live in California, actually only about uh, 10 miles away from the convention center. Uh, so I'll be excited uh, to have you here because I know it's going to be a great conference. Now, if you could do me a favor uh, if you are going to be coming to the international conference, uh, make sure and send me a message through LinkedIn uh, or send me an email. Because if you're here in my hometown, I would love to actually meet you in person and shake your hand and uh, get to know you a little bit better. So send me a message and make sure uh, that you uh, that let me know that you're coming uh, so that I can be looking for you. Now, I'll be hanging out at the conference uh, the whole time. Uh, in fact, I will be doing a breakout session, and uh, some, some things are kind of still being uh, tied down on that. So listen to next week's episode, and uh, I'll give you a little bit more information about uh, the time and, uh, for when my breakout session will be uh, so that you can come and actually uh, hear what I'm going to talk about. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm, I'm going to give you more information on that next week. Uh, so come back and make sure and listen to next week's episode uh, to find out more information about that. So again, if you're going to be coming to International Conference, uh, make sure and message me so that we can try to meet up because uh, there's a couple of, of reasons for that. One, I want to meet you. Uh, but the other thing is I'm actually going to bring my recording device and uh, you have the opportunity uh, to be interviewed for a few minutes and actually hear your own voice on a future episode of Jammin' with Jason. Uh, so make sure and let me know that you're, that you're going to be there uh, because like I said, would love to, I'm going to put together kind of an uh, interesting episode where uh, it's short little segments 
uh, with some of the different people that are there at International Conference uh, when we're gonna actually be there in person. Now, um, like I said, I'm gonna be hanging out, I'll be there for the whole conference, um, but also I'll be hanging out a lot with my friends uh, from Unified Compliance uh, in the exhibition hall. Uh, so during the breaks and uh, you know before and after the, uh, the conference, during the lunches, uh, you can find me uh, at the Unified Compliance booth. And again, as we get closer, I'll give you more information on that uh, once we know for sure which booth uh, we're going to be in, because uh, that's where you can find me. So message me or stop by the booth uh, or drop by the breakout session that I'm going to be uh, instructing in and uh, so that we can get to meet each other. Uh, so that's a little bit uh, about that to begin with. Now let's, let's move on uh, to what we're going to talk about today. And, uh, you know, when you, when you look at the title, uh, you might kind of think, what? If I do a good job, what do you mean that won't stop me from getting fired? Well, doing a good job won't mean that you won't get fired. And what is that? What, what am I saying there? So let's think about what I want you to do now is imagine, you know, either if you have been fired uh, or some of the people that you know who have been fired. And what I want you to think about, first off, think about some of those different people so that you're getting uh, a picture of that person in your head. And I want you to think to yourself, why did that person get fired? And there's lots of different reasons why we get fired. Um, but I think, you know, one of the big mistakes that I see a lot of people, especially internal auditors thinking, um, a big mistake that they're making is, hey, you know what, if I'm technical, if I understand and have good technical skills, if I have certifications, then that proves that I'm a good worker and it should give me some job security. But what I want to do is I want to ask you, uh, you know, if, if, if that's actually true. Um, you know, because I, I know it's easy for us to believe that because that's kind of what we're taught is, you know, you work really hard, you go to college, uh, you learn the information, you continue to improve yourself and learn those technical skills, you get better from a technical perspective, uh, you get some certifications, that should guarantee you uh, that you have a job. And I get it because that's what we get taught a lot. But again, what I want you to do is think about, again, those people that you know that have gotten fired. And I want you to ask yourself, does everybody who gets fired, are they fired because they lack technical skills? Does everybody get fired because they don't have the right technical skills? Now, I'm sure the case is yes for some people, but what I have seen in my career is people usually get fired because they don't have the soft skills that they need. It's not about their technical skills, it's about their soft skills. And because they haven't developed those soft skills, that's what ends up getting them fired. So again, as you're thinking about some of those people, Think about what were some of the reasons and see if you also identify with that, that it wasn't their technical expertise, but it was their soft skills that ended up getting them into trouble. 
Now I get it because this happens all the time. I mean, I was, I've been guilty of this in my own career and have experienced some of this myself. And let me explain why. Uh, at one point in my career, I delivered a report that the CEO didn't like. Now I did a really good job. I'd analyzed the information properly, but it came across wrong to the chief executive officer. Now, I effectively stepped on a landmine that ended up having a big impact on my career. And again, that's easy for us to do if we're not focusing and thinking about developing some of the relationships and, uh, and honing those soft skills that we need. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, now just a minute, what are we talking about here with soft skills? Well, let me just give you a couple of examples. Uh, you know, when you think about, there was a, a report that was issued uh, several years ago on the seven skills that CAEs want, and guess what the top two skills were? It was analytical or critical thinking and communication. Those were the top two skills that chief audit executives wanted to see in their staff. That was above all of the other technical things, those were the top two skills that chief audit executives wanted. Now, again, I want you to stop and just think for a minute. Okay, if those are the top two skills, then what are you doing in your career to develop your critical thinking and your communication skills? Now, again, a lot of times people will think of or take something like communication and they'll think about it in a report writing standpoint. And so they think, well, if I understand how to write reports better, if I end up you know, using a certain format, if I use you know, certain sentence structure, then that's going to get me by. But it doesn't, <laughs> okay? And, and I've spent many years actually kind of studying this and here's, here's the reality. The communication is not done in the report, or the majority of the communication that you do is not your written report. There are a lot of other things that go into communication uh, that you need to understand, the skills that you need to develop in how to communicate, and one of those big ones is what's called influence. Now, for some of you, you may have not heard of this term before, um, but let me just explain a little bit about influence. Influence is about the ability to be able to influence other people, which is an important part of communication. And in fact, there's been scientific research done to be able to show exactly what it takes to influence other people. And so again, don't think about your audit report as the final communication. Think about all of the things that you need to do beforehand uh, it, using the principles of influence before you ever get to issuing your report. And so let me, get, let me go through and, and explain a little bit about this because like I said, I know this may be a new concept uh, to many of you. But there was some groundbreaking work that was done by uh, Bob um, Cialdi from Arizona State. Um, he spent many years actually studying the science behind how people influence 
others and came up really with six different principles uh, that you can use to help increase your level of influence with, with other people and within the organization. And so I'm going to talk briefly about them here because, again, I think it's important for you to understand that, like I said, the technical skills is probably not going to be what gets you fired. What's going to get you fired is not having the soft skills. And one of the biggest soft skills that you need to develop is influence. Okay. Now, um, like I said, I'm going to give you a little bit of a flavor here, but I also want to let you know uh, this next week, actually, it's on uh, June 11th, Tuesday, June 11th. I'm going to be doing a webinar uh, with Brian Ahern. And I know most of you have probably never heard of Brian Ahern, but let me tell you about him. Brian is a rock star in influence. In fact, he's only one of 20 people in the world that is qualified to teach the Cialdi influence principles. So he's actually worked with Bob uh, and has taught this all over the world. And so he is a world leading expert on influence. And so, like I said, next Tuesday on June 11th, I'm going to be doing a webinar with him to go in more depth. So we're going to talk for about 60 minutes on influence. So if you want to increase your influence skills, I would highly suggest that you sign up and, uh, and join me for that webinar uh, because you are going to learn a lot from Brian. Okay, let me give you a little precursor for it. So in uh, influence, there's really um, six different principles of influence. And these are different things that you need to learn how to develop in order to increase your influence. And so they are um, liking, reciprocity, consensus, authority, consistency, and scarcity. And so those are the six different principles. Again, it's liking, reciprocity, consensus, authority, consistency, and scarcity. Now you can lump each of those six into three broad categories. So the first one we're gonna talk about is influence in relationships and actually developing relationships. And so the two principles that relate to that is liking and reciprocity. So what's liking? Liking is actually liking someone else. If someone likes you, they are more likely to be influenced by you because they like you. So think about Facebook or LinkedIn. Hey, that's a comment that I like. I like that, right? And so, you know, again, as you think about people that you like, there's reasons why you like them. You probably share some things in common. You like what they say. You like the way they dress. You like who they are, right? And so, again, as we uh, show who we are authentically, it's going to allow people to get to know us and to be able to like us for who we are. And the more real we are, the more authentic we are, the more of an opportunity we have for people to actually like us for who we are. Now, the next one is reciprocity. And I know that's kind of a funny word, um, but, but let me explain what that means. 
reciprocity does not necessarily mean tit for tat or quid pro quo. Uh, that's what a lot of people think of. If I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. Uh, this, is, this is really talking about general reciprocity, uh, which is the concept of paying it forward. So some of you may have read the book, Pay It Forward, or seen the movie, Pay It Forward, and that's what it is, where you are, in fact, giving something of value or helping someone without the expectation of them returning the favor. Okay. And, and so again, it, but it's, it's without expectation of return. Now what normally happens though, is they want to reciprocate. If you scratch someone's back, as an example, there is a good chance they will also scratch your back, but that may not be the case and it doesn't really matter. But here's the thing about reciprocity. You have to be the one that gives first. And when you give first and you give consistently, then again, that builds the relationship with the other person. Okay, so those are the first two, liking and reciprocity. The next two you can think about with overcoming objections. And so those are consensus and authority, okay? Now, consensus means that there is a consensus or that there are other people who are providing you with social proof. And so when you think about, you know, online or other places, there are often testimonials. That is consensus that other people are also saying, hey, this is good. I would suggest this. I would recommend this, okay? And by having that, it helps to overcome objections. Because sometimes when people are afraid, uh, so, for example, if you move to a new location and you need to find a new doctor, how are you probably going to find a new doctor? You're not going to do some search on the Internet and find the person that lives the closest to you. You're probably going to ask your friends who they suggest. And if a couple of your friends suggest the same doctor or the same practice, that gives you that consensus. And so you can overcome that objection and go to that doctor and try them out for yourself. The second one is about authority. And authority is having you seen as an expert. And so yes, certifications, degrees, things like that do help with authority, but so does actually doing and showing that you know what you talk about. Okay, because people actually are willing to believe what you do more than what you say. And so again, you can have all the certifications in the world, but if you can't deliver and you can't do what you need to do, people aren't going to see you as having authority. So again, if, if, if I look at, uh, you know, if I'm trying to find a new doctor and, I, and I've done this before and, I, and so people give me a recommendation, I look them up on their website, I look to see where they went to school, are they board certified? Okay, now that gives me some authority or gives them some authority that maybe I'll go in for the first visit. But if I walk in there and I start talking to them and even though they're board certified and they went to a great school, if it doesn't really sound like they know what they're talking about, that doesn't give authority and I'm gonna go find a different doctor. It's the same way in your career. All your certifications and everything else are great, 
but what's going to matter most is what you actually do. Okay, so there's, there's four of the six. So we've gone through liking, reciprocity, consensus, and authority. Now the last one is to help people to actually take action. And so here you've got what's called consistency and also scarcity. So what consistency means is that you are consistent, but also that you are helping people come along and make small yes decisions towards where you want them to be. So again, if you think about this like from a, from a report standpoint, uh, or you know, the, the, the fact that you have some sort of a uh, recommendation or finding in, uh, in the audit, it's going to be much easier to, as you're going through the audit, to have people say yes to you in little ways so that when you have to ask a bigger yes at the end, they're going to be used to or consistently saying yes to you. And so the bigger and bigger ask that you give, the more likely it is that they're actually going to take action and do something about that. The last one is scarcity. And so scarcity kind of goes back to the whole supply demand. Um, you know, if you ever watch late night television and they're, you know, they're showing off the Ginza knives or whatever happens to be on there, you can see that there's certain amount of scarcity in there. One of the things that they'll put up is only 100 left, right? We've sold 100, there's only 100 more. And you see people in the background picking up the phone and actually people are making orders, right? As it's coming in and you see that number go down from 100 to 90 to 80 to 70 and you're sitting there thinking, wow, that really is a nice knife set. Um, but you know, I don't know, right? And as it gets closer to zero, if you think you're going to miss out on something or risk losing something, then you're going to take action. That's what scarcity is about. And so again, a lot of times, um, and, and this goes back to psychology in general, people are more afraid of risking or losing something than they are of having a big gain. And so, you know, again, as you can word things in such a way uh, to be able to share with them what they're risking or what they be, may be missing out on uh, if they don't do that, they're going to be much more likely uh, to help you or to actually take action than if you're promising them some you know, great positive thing that's probably not going to move people from where they are. So as an example, it's as simple as saying something like, uh, you know, Jason, if, if, if you can save another $5 a month towards retirement, when you retire, you'll have a hundred thousand more dollars. Well, that doesn't really get people to take action. Usually if you save five more, you can have a hundred, but if you reword it and say, if we can't find a way for you to save $5 a month more, you're going to miss out on $100,000 of your retirement. That gets people to take action. That's a difference in scarcity and of being able to kind of turn that around. So we talked a little bit today, and again, this is just uh, the beginning of it because this is something actually that I'm really passionate about. Um, I see people all the time lose their job, uh, and it's not because they're not technically competent. It's because there's some soft skill that they haven't developed 
Uh, it's because they step on a landmine in their organization and, and, you know, literally kind of have their legs blown out from underneath them in their career. Uh, and so you're going to hear me talking much more about developing your soft skills. So if you haven't been doing that, you need to start doing an assessment and future episodes will kind of talk about how you can do that to figure out uh, which areas you should focus on. Um, but it really is important. All the technical skills in the world will not help you when you get into one of those political uh, issues in your organization. So make sure that you're thinking about that. And uh, like I said, one of, one of I think, the keys to uh, developing your communication skills is to actually understand how to use the principles of influence. And again, that's why I'm doing a webinar on this next week with Brian Ahern. Uh, so I hope you can join us for that because we're going to get into a lot more detail and we're actually going to kind of translate that information into how you can use this as an auditor in your daily job. So that's all that I have for now. Um, thanks again for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week on another episode. Um, and again, as a reminder before we sign off here, uh, if you're coming to International Conference uh, in Anaheim this next month in, in July, make sure and let me know because uh, there's opportunities for you to actually have your voice on this podcast uh, as well if we end up meeting up in person uh, while we're there. And like I said, if nothing else, I'd like to just be able to shake your hand and welcome you to the great state of California and, uh, and just get to know you a little bit better. So... Go out, uh, have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week, and uh, I'll catch you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.